gives it to Wall. Working against Bradley for three. John Wall! What a shot! Three balls, two strikes, the pitch. Swing and a long drive! Bledsoe back to pass, steps up, going deep, caught ball! T.O. is leveled by Sean Taylor, and he's slow getting up. There's going to be a run back from 9 deep for Jacoby Jones, and look at him go! Jones is past the 50, and he is flying! Inside the 20, and a kickoff return, 109 yards and a touchdown, an all-time record! Holding inbounds to Nicholas. Four seconds, three seconds, he's across midcourt. Two seconds, one second, throws it up. Money. And he got it! And the Terrapins win on the shot by Nicholas at the buzzer! Hoyes win! Hoyes win! Hoyes win! Hoyes win! Hoyes win! Puck in front, Connolly with a chance! And they score! They score! The puck on a rebound for Lars Eller! And as the puck drops, the words that DC fans have been waiting to hear since 1974, the Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome to the DMV Dispute. You can follow us on Twitter at DMV Dispute. I am your host, Jeremy, and you can follow me on Twitter at JSquared021. I'm joined today by my boys, Darren and Gerard. Darren, Gerard, how's everything going with you all? Everything is good. It's really good. Really good. Everything's okay on my end, you know. It's going well. Wild weekend. I'm excited to talk about it. I'm a, I'm a little I'm I'm doing a little better than uh than Gerard clearly but we'll talk about that we'll talk about we'll talk about it. <laughs> Darren, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at D Bird Hoops. That's D B I R D Hoops. Yes, there's going to be a lot of Mystics talk on my uh, on my Twitter feed because we are number one in the WNBA, hottest yeah, team in the WNBA right now. They get in uh, this weekend. Did they beat the Sun by like forty? Yes, almost almost fifty points. It was really big. I was there. I was sitting right behind the Suns bench, and they uh, whew, they ex- they couldn't exit the building fast enough. It was super exciting. I, I and just last week we were talking about the Mystics and the one team that they definitely needed to beat, uh, and that was the Sun. And I know it's a regular season game, but hey, this could probably help with their confidence. And and like I said last week. This is the team that they need to contend against in the East. Gerard, where can they find you on Twitter? They can find me at Roddy KG. That's at R-O-D-D-Y-K-G. It's going to be all basketball until training camp and preseason starts for me, guys. Excited about this NBA free agency. Wish my whistle get a little bit more involved, but we'll continue to talk about <laughs> that in a minute. <laughs> As always, we are proud to do this podcast for one of the top sports websites in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, and that is dmvsportsnetwork.com. They can be followed on Twitter and Instagram at dmv underscore sn. They have some great daily content on the website of all things DMV sports, whether it be professional, college, high school sports, and a lot more. So after you listen to this podcast, Go ahead and check out dmvsportsnetwork.com. In addition, please be sure to subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. And that includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, and many more. Let's get this show started. It is NBA Free Agency. NBA Free Agency opened yesterday, Sunday, uh, June 30th at 6 p.m. And before 6 p.m., a lot of names started Coming through the news, you know, Woj and Sharanya and, and Haynes. Uh, but there were not a lot of high-profile free agents that were interested in the Washington Wizards. We just want to recap what the Washington Wizards have done so far. Thomas Bryant has resigned with the Washington Wizards. And then the Wizards also signed Ish Smith, who formerly played for the Detroit Pistons. And um, and they're also have an eye out on Isaiah Thomas, 
who last played with the Denver Nuggets. The Wizards also did a signing trade to move Thomas Sadoransky to the Chicago Bulls. So let's start with you, Darren. So far, we're only a day in. We don't know what's going to happen by, you know, the next couple days. But so far, with what what is happening with the Wizards? Uh, are you happy? Content? Upset? What What's your emotions when it comes to the decision so far in free agency with the Washington Wizards? Look, I've been thinking about this all day, all day. It's so when we're recording this, we just started recording this about nine fifteen. All right, so I've been thinking about this all day. I am content. I'm not ecstatic. I'm not super happy. I'm content. Uh, I've been calling for the Wizards to sign Ish Smith as John Wall's backup for years, years and years and years. Not not to be a starter or anything, because he's he's not a starting point guard. But I love the things that that Ish Smith does. I like his playmaking. Uh, I I like the things that he can do on the court as as a backup. Um, think the biggest thing I don't like about this as far as like not bringing Sadoransky back is he is not as versatile as, as Sadoransky. Um, he's not as big. Sadoransky has the potential or should have the potential to play multiple positions, even though he, he doesn't really want to. Um, Ish Smith isn't an upgrade over Sadoransky, but he is a serviceable backup. I think that if the Wizards can get Isaiah Thomas, I won't be thrilled about it. I'm not thrilled about his size, and we don't really know what he's going to be like after his hip surgery, etc. I mean, if they get him, this is all if they get Isaiah Thomas. They could very well not, because stranger things have happened. But, um, you know, I, I, I think he'll be serviceable, hopefully offensively, but, you know, Isaiah Thomas obviously wouldn't be a long-term answer for the Wizards, I don't think, especially with a healthy John Wall. But, you know, I like what Ish Smith does. I would rather have Sadoransky and Ish Smith, but, you know, whatever. Apparently the Wizards are still in the market for a point guard. Uh, there's, I, I like bringing back Thomas Bryant. I like what he does. Uh, you know, I think that he's a guy that's going to continue to grow. He's a hard worker. We, we've watched him develop over the year, um, into a, a, a quality, a quality center. And I think, I know I'm in the minority when I say this, but, you know, uh, the Washington Post, Candace Buckner, who's, who's our, our beat writer, uh, she did post an update, an update about Dwight Howard, uh, uh, where he says, you know, he's starting to get better. Uh, we don't know how healthy it is. He is. He says he's not ready to play a full 82 game season yet. But if he is and he can be at least, you know, somewhat serviceable, I think it would, it'll be nice having a Thomas Bryant starting, Thomas Bryant starting with Dwight Howard backing him up. I'll feel a little bit more comfortable with Dwight Howard as a backup center to Thomas Bryant going into the season. Um, I'm not happy that Jan Mahimi is still on the roster. I'm not happy that Jabari Parker isn't back, or at least he hasn't been re-signed yet. I know that technically they haven't not re-signed him yet, but all indications are pointing to Jabari not being re-signed. But I think even if we walk, even if he walks, you know, I think the Wizards can at least find somebody to not fill his shoes because I don't think they're going to find anybody as good as Jabari Parker in free agency. Uh, but, you know, it does sort of solidify Rui Hachimura, um, if not in the starting lineup, depending on who they sign for the rest of the summer. Um, if not in the starting lineup, it does sort of set him up to get quality minutes going forward. So, you know, uh, and I'll make this quick. The only other thing that I don't like is the fact that following the trades, you know, with Trevor Ariza walking and, and Portis not coming back and possibly Jabari Parker, I'm not thrilled about the fact that we basically traded Ubre and uh and Porter for essentially nothing. Uh that's that's a big worry for me. Uh but you know, we'll just kind of see how the Wizards regroup going through the rest of the summer. So, I'm sure there's more I have to say, but Gerard, I'll let you I'll let you go ahead and jump right in cuz I know you got some things to say about what I just said. Yeah, I got some things to say. Um and I'm going to start with the last thing you said about right. how um, we, without bringing back Porter, I mean, without bringing back Parker Portis or Reza, that guys like 
guys like Kelly Oubre, Otto Porter, Austin Rivers were all traded away for absolutely nothing. And you didn't you weren't able to retain any of those players. And I think this all goes back to the lack of the Wizards having a legitimate GM. This entire offseason, since let's say it began for the Wizards when Ernie got fired, this entire offseason has lingered, has had a lingering stench of Ernie Grunfeld this entire time. And all the decisions that have been made afterwards are reflective of that. We go into the draft. And we draft a guy in Huchamara that, while talented, has a very clear ceiling and doesn't give off an impression of being a potential superstar in this league. Uh, but the thing with those kind of guys that are going to be the have potential to be superstars, they also more, more often than not have a huge floor underneath of them that could let out at any given moment in their careers and not turn into those guys. And so they took a strike. They made a draft choice that was relatively safe, not a great one, not an awful one, but a nice safe one. And then they went into this all free agency period that started yesterday at 6 PM Eastern time. And they retained the best player they had last year, not named Bradley Bill, which on the surface I like, three years, $25 million, is a good deal for what he, for the type of player that he is. But you go into it with almost, at least for what it looks like, no sense of direction. Because what Ted keeps saying is that we're not tanking, we're not blowing up the team, we're not rebuilding, we're not going to make it, we're not going to act as if we need to rebuild. We're looking to compete now. But all the all the moves they're making scream complacency they don't they don't seem to me like a team that's positioning themselves to be able to compete this year or next year no matter what you're talking about because they haven't put talent they haven't put talent around Bradley Bill or John Wall if anything they've lost and traded away more talent than they've had than they had before the season ended you look at the projected lineup as it is right now going into next season like you said Ish Smith is a, is a downgrade from what Sadoransky was able to give you at least as far potentially, as potentially able to give us because I don't think Sadoransky truly lived up to, to what he was truly capable of I don't think so either but I think I want but I think I, I well I don't I won't say that this I think I think I think Saddle was kind of resistant resistant to what to what Scott Brooks wanted him to do I think he was kind of resistant I think Sadoransky would be is a guy who's best leading a secondary unit rather than being the starting point guard because he has the ability to initiate plays and to be the point in an offense, but with his size and his ability and want to get to the basket and play off ball, he can he works well coming off, you know, being the second guard off the bench for a team. And like he went to Chicago. We you know in a sign and trade, we got what, two second round picks back for him or something like that. Um I would have much rather had Chris Dunn back in in a deal. If 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 we gave them Sadoransky and that second round pick we just got from the Lakers and gave them and gave it to Chicago to get Chris Dunn back, I would have much rather had that than Ish Smith. Because Ish Smith is penciled in as the kind of professional he is. He's a solidified backup. He can start for you for a couple of weeks. If you're starting point guard, tweaked his ankle or, you know, cramped up or something like that. You need a guy to start for a few games. He's good for that. But anything more than that, you're 
putting your season at risk. Chris Dunn, he's had a rough start to his career. He's, you know, a season away from being solidified as a purely backup guy himself, but there's still that little tiny small margin of he can potentially elevate his game to being still mainly a backup guy, but more of a a sixth or seventh man or a starting point guard on a on, on a team that doesn't really need the point guard to do much than uh play defense and be a um body on the court. So I would rather take a guy like that and also he has a added, you know, size and he has, you know, about the same scoring ability that uh Ish Smith has, plus he's a little bit better on the defensive side of the ball. But that that a move like that I would feel much better about yesterday. If you were able to resign Thomas, resign Thomas Bryant, and bring in a guy like Chris Dunn to start for you this year that John Wall's rehabbing, and then be as then be a backup when John Wall comes back. That sounds a lot better to me than losing everybody that we lost and bringing in a, a only person, only outside person we brought in was Ish Smith, and but the whole but. A move like that might not happen because, like I said, the margin for error, there's a margin that Chris Dunn can become, you know, something slightly more than what he is. But there's also the more likely possibility that he, that he is what we see, he is what we thought he was for past few seasons and where he was drafted and what his hype coming up and what his hype was coming into the NBA. That would be, that would consider him a bust and trading a guy like Sadaronsky, who was a second round pick and was a fan favorite for, or fan, like fans liked him enough and he played well with the team and teammates liked him for a guy who's considered a bust, even though Ish Smith, Sadaronsky, and Chris Dunn all played play around the same level it's where it's the perception around Chris Dunn that doesn't look great for a front office who can't afford to make mistakes Tommy Shepard can't afford to do things that he can't afford to take risks that other GMs might because he still has that interim title in front of his name he doesn't have complete autonomy he has to run everything by Ted and if Ted doesn't like it then it doesn't get done and we all know Ted isn't a basketball guy so I don't like what the Wizards are doing this offseason, and I can't. And it's a, and the reason why I don't like it, and the reason why I'm not more upset than what I probably should be, is because I get why they're not having the offseason that I wish that they I wish they had because they don't have a GM. They have an interim GM. They're a front office run by committee, and that never works. You know, there's the old saying when a group of a camp. Well, what is it? A camel is a horse that's tried to be that was tried to be made by committee, and so that's what the Wizards are right now. I've never heard that before. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say I've never heard it. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, it's it, not. It's it's say it's say, a, say it again. Say it again, Jerron. It's a, a camel uh, is a horse that's made by committee. Is that what you yeah, say? Yeah, it's a yeah. A horse is a a camel is a horse that's made by committee. It's People coming in, they all want the same it is, thing. It is. By the way, I started typing it in Google. It is the first thing on your Google search. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Gerard, I will, we will give you credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> I just make stuff up as I go. Like, and, it just, and it just speaks to when a group of people all want the same thing, but their vision, they all have a different vision and the path to get there. And so, like, when they're up close and, like, working together, they're like, oh, yeah, that looks good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, let's, do it. let's put it together like this. And then they take a step back from it. They see that it's uneven in some spots. And it's not exactly the way that they wanted it to be. And that's what the Wizards are. They preach this whole you know, all season so far that they were going to be a competitive team going into next year. And they've made all the actions and said all the things that made it seem like they were trying to be. But you look at the actions, take a step back from the past few weeks and see what they presented with us. Cause you know, it's not like it was 10 years ago that free agency stretched out for a few weeks or almost to a month It's you know, what's going to happen in the first three days. And within the first 24, like, 30 hours is now 30 on Monday. Now 
all the big names are pretty much gone. There's a few guys out there, but we understand the cap situation with the Wizards and outside of any trades, they can't make any big splashes going forward. So this is mainly what the roster is going to look like probably going into the preseason, going into the regular season. And if we know a few additions here or there just to fill out the roster. So it's, you know, you see what this team is. And I was thinking about it earlier today. There are in the right now in the East, eight teams I can automatically think of without hesitating that are better on paper than the Washington Wizards. And that's not including, and that's just teams that made the biggest splashes or that were part of the, that were, you know, playoff teams and you know, did enough this offseason to put themselves into better positions. Right now, the the Wizards, in my opinion, are about as bad as the Hornets and teams like the Cavaliers. And no, okay, no, they're not that bad. How aren't they? How aren't they that bad? The Cavaliers, the, the Wizards at the very least have a star. I, I mean, yeah, they, they would have two stars with, with a healthy John Wall, but they at least have a Bradley Beal. They have, right, but at the, very, at the very least, this, this, this team is better than the Cavaliers. Don't it's, better than, it's better than the Cavaliers, but for all the better than the Cavaliers that they are, all the extra star that they have that the Cavaliers don't, they'll probably only win five more games than the Cavaliers. If the team, if it stays the way it is now, and then you know, barring any colossal injuries to the Wizards or any other Eastern Eastern Conference team, they're probably win you know five to seven more games than the Cavaliers. Yeah, I mean, okay, we do have to remember we're also in ba- barely the second day of free agency as as Monday, July first. We're barely in the in the second day of free agency. Yeah. And I get so that. it is it is so early, but I mean, yeah, well, like you said, mo- most of the big transactions happen in those first, you know, twelve to twenty four hours. So, so I, I I I get that, but I mean, I I I still think that the Wizards, obviously, the Wizards aren't necessarily done making moves, but they they do have. They do have what I think they have. They actually have like what thirteen players on the roster now already, if I'm not mistaken. At what least. are the thirteen um, players? That is a scary well, thought. What are the thirteen players? Yeah. So here I'm looking at Basketball Reference. They have right like twelve now. or thirteen players on the roster. Uh, going in, going into this season, we obviously have Bradley Beal, John Wall, Jan Mahimi, Dwight Howard, Troy Brown, Jordan McRae. Tariq Phillip, but remember we made a trade <laughs> with the with the uh with the um Lakers part and we got three players out of that. Oh, yeah. And then so that's that's ten right now. Um I did not even count Hachimura and Hachimura, uh, Schofield, and, Schofield and, and, uh, and just Simmons and, then and we just, just signed Yes, yeah, Simmons and, just, and Justin and Smith and yeah. So, so yeah, so actually, that we're at we're at a full roster, aren't we? Yes, we have a full, a roster. full roster. That but, is so but, but but some of them are not like like Jordan I know they're not all I know they're not all going to make the team. I know that if yeah. we're able to convince another guy that's going to get meaningful minutes on the rotation, like one of those bottom roster guys want to get dropped and Mahimi could still possibly get stretched or moved or something before the summer's all said and done. I understand that, but there no but for the most part the core eight players in rotation are pretty much solidified at this point. And it's just a matter on a matter are, of who are they, going to be are they are they though? I mean, let's say Ish Smith, Bradley Beal, uh, Thomas Bryant, uh, Troy Brown, that's four. Hootramar, that's five. Uh, this will be the ongoing joke. This is going to be all, all season, all season. How is, how is Gerard going to say Rui Hachimura's name? Whatever. It's, I mean, not whatever. That's his name. Hachimura. Uh, <laughs> that's not even the right country 
and then that's what six. <laughs> and then you just say, did I say Ish Smith yet? Yeah, I did. You a did six. Mo Wagner makes seven. Wagner, Mo Wagner, Wagner. He makes yeah, seven. German. Yeah. Uh, let's say Dwight Howard makes eight. Dwight then, Howard's gonna be the backup. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, if you, let's say you're starting, you know, big. I mean, your your four rotations, your four bigs in rotation are the rookie, Dwight Howard, uh, Thomas Bryant. And the German guy, that's your four right there. And then you add Admiral Schofield, that's nine. And, you know, whatever free agent we sign isn't like a best case scenario, it's Isaiah Thomas. Worst case scenario, it's a Jeff Green caliber guy, but not Jeff Green. I can't think of an actual name right now, but somebody in that caliber of talent and age and contract. And But that's your 2019-2020 Wizards for the most part. And so that lineup doesn't win anything. It's not competitive. It doesn't set. It doesn't. It's not set up to be a huge improvement for when John Wall does come back. So my whole question is: What was the point of not blowing it up from the front office to the coaching staff to the roster if this was the result? If you held everything together, if you kept Brooks, if you didn't sign a GM, I mean, if you didn't hire a GM, if you didn't really consider trading a Waller bill, if you didn't really make a huge attempt to move up or down in the draft, if you didn't take a shot for a guy like Cam Reddish, what was the point of not doing any of that if this is the final result? If this is what we, this is what the Wizards have to show for it all. And that is very disappointing because for all the memes and jokes and everything that they've been going on in the all Twitter the past 24 hours, I'd much rather have the Knicks roster than the Wizards roster. Gross. What? What? You rather have what I just ran down just because Bradley Bill happens to be on this roster and John Wall is coming back in 2020 than having Dennis Smith Jr., R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, uh, Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, and Taj Gibson. Like, you'd rather have the mosh pit of players we have now and awful contracts that we have now than the promising young core that the Knicks have. If R.J. Barrett turns into a star, if he turns into a Tracy McGrady-esque type score for New York and Dennis Smith Jr. turns into an athletic, more athletic version of like Kyle Lowry, the Knicks are a good team now. That's a lot of ifs. It's a lot of ifs. When Taj Gibson is a part of your, your young core, like, I, I like Taj Gibson. I, I love Taj Gibson. What we have now. Give me Taj Gibson over what we have now. Are you serious? I mean, but so, Taj Gibson's not even going to start. That's the whole point, though. If Taj, I'd rather have Taj Gibson as a backup than Dwight Howard as a backup. I'd rather have Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle as my starting forwards than as my starting bigs than a rookie out of Gonzaga and Thomas Bryant. Like I like. And Kevin Knox didn't have a great rookie year, but he still has room to grow. Like, there's nobody you can really say that. Up, you can, I mean, Thomas, I mean, Troy Brown, yeah, but, you know, nobody's expecting a whole bunch out of Troy Brown. I, that's what I'm saying. It's as as funny as it is to clown the Knicks didn't land anybody. At least the players they did land and the people they did bring in are legit professionals that can contribute and while the young core of R.J. Barrett, Dennis Smith Jr., Knox, and Robinson continue to grow, that they can continue to be somewhat competitive and not be an embarrassment on the floor. Like, I, like that team looks a lot better than what I just ran. What we just ran off with the Wizards. I'm so sorry. I don't see how that how you can say you'd rather have the, what the Wizards got going on just because they have one all-star and to be honest much as i love bradley bill he's only an all-star because he's in the east he's not a legitimate like superstar he's an east coast all-star 
and that and that go and that has to be said. Like that little asterisk has to be included. So, uh, and I'm looking at the roster right now. I'm gonna I'm go through all the exact names of everyone. We have John Wall, who's getting obviously the supermax. Bradley Beal's the max. Then Jan Mahimi is third in salary. Thomas Bryant, who we just saw, who or who we're going to sign after the moratorium. Same thing with Ish Smith. We traded for Jonathan Simmons. We have Dwight Howard, Rui Hachimura. Troy Brown Jr., Mo Wagner, which we just got through trade, Jordan McRae, Isaac Bonga, who we just got through a trade, and Jamario Jones through a trade, and now and then um Tariq Phillips. And with all of with those guys on the roster, we are already at, and I had the figure right here, we're already at 121 million dollars, and the salary cap is about 109. So we are over by about 12 million, but we do have a little more uh, space before we get to the luxury tax. Knowing what you know right now, let's just be real quick. And I know this wasn't planned, but I'm going to start with you, Darren. Who is a free agent that you would like to sign? Or should, uh, we, or, or should we go to Barry Parker? Jamari Parker. Um, uh, uh, who's a free agent that I would like to sign? Yes, knowing uh, that we already we're already twelve million over the cap, but eleven million uh, before uh, the luxury tax. I think. I think that. I you know I've said this before, and I know I know I know you're going to disagree with this. I'm in favor of bringing back at this point, bringing back Jeff Green, um, our, our local guy. Uh, we know what he, you know what he'll give us. Uh, he's he's a pretty consistent performer. You know, I I don't I don't think it's a matter of kind of looking outside. And obviously, if I had a little bit more thought, I could probably I could probably look at this a little bit longer. But um, I, I like Jeff Green, Jeff Green or, or Jabari Parker, depending on what they'll net. I think Jabari Parker is probably gone. He's going to get an off from someone that's going to be outside of what the Wizards would pay him. I think the Wizards can still afford Jeff Green. I think he would like to come back if he's still available. Then I say the Wizards kind of focus on trying to get him. Uh, I think it's kind of easier for me to say who I'd rather let go. Um, than like who I'd like to get because we've pretty much got a full roster. We're actually over. If you look at the ones you list, you listed. We didn't. I. I don't even think you listed Admiral Schofield and and uh, and Justin Robinson. Also, uh, technically part of the Wizards roster. I think that gives us sixteen um, right now. And then we signed. We have a two-way player somewhere. Um, I don't remember his name. Some. We have a two-way player somewhere. But that's two ways. So that doesn't really affect the roster. But I think I think it's a little bit easier to say who I'd like, who I'd rather not have. Who I'd rather the Wizards just kind of wave, see if they can get rid of. But yeah, I'm I'm in favor of bringing back like Jeff Jeff Green. I think we'll kind of see how the rest of the week shapes up. Who knows? We may even have like some breaking news in the middle of our <laughs> of our show tonight. But um, yeah, uh, that's that's about where I am. How about you, Gerard? Who would you like to bring? Uh, for somewhere between ten and like no, we said like nine, eleven is what we have left to spend before. Again, yeah, I, I think I think we also I think we also have like the eight point six uh trade exception um from from our trades. That's that's what I was looking at. We have like eight point six million trade exception, and then I think we have like another, I think like two and a half million on top of that or something, something like that. I can't remember what it is exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, we have we have the biannual exception uh, for three point six million, and then the eight point six million traded player exception. Okay, so like a year that releases about like ten. All right, um, I wouldn't mind seeing a guy like Danny Green if we can get him up for under that. Um. I want to say, what'd you say? If we could get him like cheap, 
I I would agree with you. I want to say his last contract, or like I want to say, I think want to say his one of the contracts he signed recently was like a three year for thirty. I think that's when he was. I think that was like the first contract he signed after his rookie deal with San Antonio or something like that. So if we can get two for 16, two for 15, I wouldn't be mad for the out. I, I would be mad at that. I, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing a legitimate four. Um, I don't think I'll much like the, um, I understand our front court is pretty crowded right now, but if we were to bring in a legitimate seasoned Ford who has a little bit of range, ironically enough, kind of like a guy like Marquise Morris that we lost, but a little bit, you know, uh, of more of a professional. Um, like I, I, I've always liked Kylo Quinn. Um, I've always liked his game. I might be a little bit biased because he's an HBCU guy, and so I always tend to root for them a little bit harder. But either way, I like what he brings to the table. Um, I wouldn't mind another point guard. Like you said, you mentioned Isaiah Thomas. Uh, we, we, uh, do, we do need another point guard. I just couldn't we need think a, of one that, that I would we, we do need another point guard. Isaiah Thomas is out there. We already tried the Trey Burke experiment, so I wouldn't really want to bring him back. He's another <laughs> guy that's still out there. Um, Quinn Cook is out there. Local guy went to Damatha. It's been a lot of talk about him potentially coming back. I've heard uh, talks about Wizards interested in TJ McConnell, guard that was in uh, Philadelphia for the past couple of seasons. Don't mind him either. Uh, Shelvin Mack, blast from the past. He's a free agent. Uh-huh. Um, you know he's the he's the backup point guard John Wall should have had his entire career, but Ernie being Ernie traded him traded him away for uh for peanuts. Um, I wouldn't mind you know a guy like uh, Devin Harris. I think he has just signed somewhere. I thought I saw he might have just signed somewhere. Um, Keep me away from the Emmanuel Moutiers of the world. I don't need that in my life. Um, He would play him out here so hard. I don't want guys like DeLon Wright or Tyus Jones. I don't want guys like that, you know. Uh, But a guy like Isaiah Thomas or... um, Or TJ McConnell, somebody who... I feel. I mean, I think if I had to, if I had to, excuse me, if I had to pick one person, uh, talking with my heart, I would say Isaiah Thomas because what he did to us in the playoffs a few years ago. I think that I think that Isaiah Thomas is still there in some form or fashion. Um. I think he's still there. I think it's just a matter of him being in the right situation. I I think a situation where the starting point guard is out and he come in and kind of come in with the, all the ability to be the guy for us for at least until John Wall comes back. If he wants to sign a one year prove deal here on a team that already has an established starter play next to that already has that's in the that's in the Eastern Conference. So it's a little bit more top heavy than the West is now. Come in on a one year prove it deal, show the league he still has it and you know, I wouldn't mind that. I honestly wouldn't at all. And yeah. I think, and for all of us Wizards fans out there, I think Isaiah Thomas's story is one that we need to keep an eye on because I believe his story will be more like it's more likely than not what we're going to get when John Wall comes back. People keep acting like John Wall's going to come back and instantly be what he was at the end of that Boston series, and I just don't see it happening at all. I just don't see it happening. I I don't see how it happens, but we'll see. I think when it comes to the one free agent that I am looking for, the Wizards to try and acquire, 
I think the Wizards to try and get Darren Collison. And he, that, he's, that retired. Was, he retired. he's retired. He yeah. retired. Yeah, he he's 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 here. gonna go be a Jehovah's Witness for the rest see, of his life. See, I didn't I didn't know that. I I had no. no idea. I I would. I, he he was he was the top of my list of of guys to go at until he retired. Okay. So yeah. so so scrap Darren Collison, the next person in line, and man, it's a big drop off after that because I, I think Rajon Rondo wants to still be on a winning team. But if it was 2K, I mean, it, if it was 2K, I'm going with Rajon Rondo. He can, you know, be the, the solidify the, the starting position. But after that, man, the point guard position is pretty, pretty weak. All of the starters, they all got they all signed with their teams right now. Uh, but if I had to choose someone, it would probably be uh, Isaiah Thomas. But I'm only saying that just because of what he did a few years ago. But another player is DeLon Wright, who last played with the Memphis Grizzlies. But other than that, uh, and I, I'm cool with Quinn Cook. Uh, obviously, I would like Quinn Cook to be like our backup, but he has had the playoff experience and the championship experience. So maybe maybe this is the time he can be a starter. I, I know John Wall's obviously not going to be playing at all next year. Uh, Ish Smith, he's just a solid backup. So if he's going to be the starter, oh, that's that's a disaster. So yeah, I I guess Delon right. He can be a spot starter, but yeah, as far I, as far as long term, I do agree. Yeah, he's he's a spot he's a spot starter, but I still I still like him being on this roster after John Wall gets back as his backup because I feel like I feel like the pace did drop a little bit when Thomas Sadoransky would come on the floor after John Wall. It would slow the pace would slow down a little bit. Um, we know that Ish Smith will keep the pace sort of accelerated because the Wizards at least try to play fast, even though they don't play fast they do try to play fast is smith can can play in that um but yeah as a long-term starter i'm not a fan of it i'm not a fan of his smith but i do like him here in dc as a backup as of right now he's our starter going into the season mm, that's yeah, unfortunate cool. and and all like i said i tweeted this the other day all of this is because of we're still feeling the effects of ernie grunfeld like all yep. the bad Can't. decisions has led to the wizards in a in a in a free agent period that was actually pretty deep that we just really yep. can't even do anything. Can't. All right, before before we continue, it's time to tell you about DMV Sports Network's library of podcasts. Right now, we have nine active shows, including team shows for the Redskins, Capitals, Nationals, Wizards, and Ravens. There's Fantasy Fever, which deals with all things fantasy football, and a pair of mixed bag shows from It's About Time DC and Dom and Thunder. All of these shows are available wherever podcasts can be found, so please check them out. And if you like any of the shows, please leave a review and subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice. Let's now move on to the Washington Nationals. Last week, we asked the question, is it time to just give up on the Washington Nationals? All three of us said yes. And then they went on to win, I think, almost every game since then. <laughs> if we, go, I need to go back and check. Uh, they are still third in the NL East, uh, but they've won seven of the last 10 games. They're only seven games behind the Atlanta Braves with the next six games being between the Miami Marlins and the Kansas City Royals before the All-Star break. And we'll get into the all-star break immediately after this question. But uh, I'll uh, ask, I guess, a similar question to what we asked last week. I'll start with you, Gerard. Or was it uh, premature to to already say the season's over? Um, hindsight, looking back, might have been a little premature. But I'm going to stick to my conventions and say that Nationals – aren't going to pull it out. I think, unfortunately, the All-Star break is coming at the worst time for the Nats. I think mm-hmm. the break is going to really slow down all this momentum they've been putting up, they've been building up. And once we get back and things kind of calm down, it's going to come back to 
a little back, a little bit back to what we were seeing before. And I don't know if this team has been together. I mean, a lot of the players are players have been here for a long time, but without Bryce Harper here, you know, he was kind of a he was the cornerstone piece for us, and so. They have to rely on each other a little bit more to give them back up to the level they were at before the break. And I don't know if the team can do it. I hope they can. That's the deciding factor, though. I think that's the deciding factor between whether or not they're able to make a final push is if they can, you know, get going and then come to a screeching halt for the all-star break and then rev it up again and continue to keep playing the way they've been playing this past month. Yeah, I'm going to agree, and I'm going to take it a step further even. I'm going to say that uh, I think, you know, first of all, I'm not going to fall into that trap again because as soon as I started to sort of come around on the Nationals the last time they did very well, they turned back into the Nationals again, and, you know, the bullpen was playing awful, and then they fell into a slump again. So that's a big thing. Um, Even take it a step further than you, I do agree that, you know, the All-Star break is definitely going to hurt them. Uh, it, it's, it's, they're going to lose that momentum and they're going to come back and have to sort of, you know, I don't really want to say relearn how to, how to play well again, but, you know, I, I think it is going to hurt them. And I also think, you know, I think we said this last, last week or last time we talked about them, but, uh, I think that their very slow start, it, they're still feeling the effects of their slow start. I think that that's a big deal. So I would have a little bit more hope. If, if the beginning of the season just hadn't been as awful as it was. But, you know, there, it, 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 it's times like this when, when how you start tends to come back to haunt you because the Nationals were not very good earlier on the season. Uh, and then, you know, even if they're, they're going on a hot streak now, um, I mean, even with, even with Scherzer playing, you know, as well as he is, uh, right now, you know, we're going to talk about him in a moment, but, um, you know, I think, I don't think it's enough to really have them pull it out. Uh, I think it, it, like, like we said, I think it's been enough to sort of, you know, take a little bit of the heat off of Dave Martinez, uh, lately. You know, we've had that debate about whether or not he should or should keep his job, et cetera. I think it's been, I think it's been good enough to take the heat off of him for, for now. But I think that after the All-Star break, the Nationals are most likely going to kind of revert to form and, and we'll see, you know, this team that we saw earlier in the year. So, you know, I can't really see them making up making up a lot of ground uh, moving forward. But, you know, it's nice to see, but I, I, I still say that this season is pretty much, you know, over. So uh, the Atlanta Braves and the Phillies, they're... They have a three-game series coming up there, so they're gonna obviously, hopefully, they beat up on each other. And uh, but but we're right back at it, kind of like we're hoping that the teams above a struggle, and then we have to play almost like uh, a thousand percent. Like we gotta win almost every game. Uh, let's talk about something real quick uh, that is positive with the Nationals. Also, Max Scherzer. Heading to the All Star Game, but also Anthony Rendon, third baseman. Now, just real quick, Darren, did you think Rendon was going to end up on the All Star team? I I didn't. I mean, I, I think he he definitely deserved it, but you know, I I I was pleasantly surprised that that he made it. You know, I think I thought he might be like a fringe All Star, like maybe maybe just just barely miss it. But you know, he he has been playing well, and he's he's been good for this team. I've, I've been impressed with his play, but uh, I was surprised, but I'm glad he made it. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad he'll make it uh, with with Max, and I think, you know, you know, props to him. Like, like congratulations. I, I wasn't sure if he'd make it or not, but, you know, I'm I'm pleased, so props to Rendon. He has been playing very well. We've said good things about him in the past. He's been, you know, one of the one of the positives of this otherwise mediocre season. So yeah, glad that glad that he's made it. Glad that he's going to the All Star Game. 
Uh, yeah, shout out to Anthony Rendon. He's a guy that has been a great player for a very long time. Finally making it to the All-Star game. This is his very first appearance. He's definitely earned it. He has been in the league for a while now. Um, he's coming up on 30, I believe. Um, and he's played well every year he's been in D.C. And I think that he's always been one of those guys that were at who were a post-All-Star break kind of player where he was solid enough in the first half of the season but never could quite pull it together in time to really get all the All-Star votes he really needed. But by the time the second half of the season rolled around, he was one of the few players that played really well going into late September, late August into September and then into the playoffs for us. And so for him to have the type of season he's having now and being able to show that he's an all-star caliber player uh, for not just half a season, but for potentially a full season is great for the Nats and is great for him. Hopefully he continues to be a strong piece for us in the going forward because we're definitely going to need it if we sit bef- like we said before to be able to continue the momentum we've had going into the All-Star break. All right, let's uh, quickly move on to the Washington Capitals. The Capitals traded Andre Burakovsky to the Colorado Avalanche in, ex- uh, in exchange. The Capitals acquired a second and third round pick for the 2020 NHL draft. Let's just be real quick. Gerard, are the Capitals going to miss him in the long run? I don't know if they're going to necessarily miss or like take a huge hit. I think he's a guy, Andre is a guy that was part of that Capitals, that Stanley Cup championship. And so, and it was a key, it was a significant piece, but I think what he brought can be replaced in a way. It's just, I think the bigger piece here is that the team that won that Stanley Cup a year ago is piece by piece fading away a bit and for whatever reason getting traded away getting uh you know you know getting signed to other teams however the case may be we're not be able to hold on to that team and it's going to take some adjustment but I think it's important to continue to evolve and grow and understand that hockey is a different sport where Yes, you need continuity like with anything else, but if you got if the if the Capitals can get their team together and focus up on the type of player that type of players that won them the cup before and make sure they make the mission not to just sign a guy because they need a player at the position, but to find a guy that's going to come in and perform in the role that they need him to, then that's what's most important. Yeah, I uh I'm kind of torn on this. Uh, I think, I think it all sort of depends on, on how the Capitals, I, I pretty much agree with you. I think it all kind of depends on how the Capitals sort of fill the vacancy. You know, um, uh, Burakovsky did have, uh, kind of a down year this year, uh, and all signs did sort of point to him being, being unhappy with, with his role. Uh, he did see his minutes decrease. So, uh, that is, it 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 does kind of make sense that they traded him when they did because I I think it just would have been a situation where you know they would have let him go anyway and obviously they didn't want to let him walk for nothing so at least they got the second round picks it, it, it's also or at least they they got the picks but um, <clears throat> the other big thing I think uh, is that you know the only other thing that concerns me is that Brett Connolly. Uh, is also leaving the Capitals. You know, he was, he was, uh, or he's expected to sign a four-year deal with the Florida Panthers. So, you know, that also hurts our depth in the, in the position, uh, in addition to losing, uh, Burakovsky. So, you know, the Capitals definitely have, have, uh, a hole to fill, you know, with, you know, in the right wing third line. So it all this kind of depends on how they decide to fill it. I think that, um, 
like you said, I don't think they should sign someone just because they have to fill that need. Uh, I think they'll be fine early on, but I wouldn't want to go a little bit too long without having without having that position filled because you know that is going to hurt their depth. And you know, if the Capitals do want to still remain competitive, you know, they will need to address the need the the need uh, that that Burakovsky uh, left them. All right, let's move on to our final topic for this episode. It's about the Washington Redskins. The Washington Redskins have been ranked number 11 when it comes to fan bases in the NFL, according to a new study from an Emory University professor. Uh, The study focuses on attendance, revenue, social media following, and road attendance. Uh, And they use all those figures and come up with a statistical model of determining what is the best fan base in the league. Now the Washington Redskins are 11 out of 32 teams. However, that is last in the NFC East, the Cowboys giants and Eagles all are ahead of the Washington Redskins. Start with you, Darren. Are you surprised? First of all, are you surprised that they're ranked 11th overall in the league? And are you surprised that they are last in the NFC East? (laughs) I'm not surprised they're ranked last in the NFC East. I am surprised that they are ranked 11th in the entire NFL. Uh, I'm surprised that it is that high. I thought it would be lower than that, honestly, uh, because I know Redskins fans. I've seen Redskins fans. I've seen how they react to this team. I've seen, you know, I've seen how it goes. Uh, I'm not surprised as far as their ranking among the NFC East. I think you can see that even when you go to our, our divisional rivalry games here, I think, you know, rival fans can really, can really turn out and sort of put the Redskins fans to shame, honestly. And just, I, I, I feel like, I feel like they don't really get you know, people do love the Redskins here, but I, I feel like they don't necessarily get the support that other NFC East teams get just having watched their game, just watching their games and watching their fan support, etc. So, you know, I, I, you know, I don't think that it's like it should be like, you know, worse than the entire NFL or anything. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm shocked that it's as high as 11th as far as, you know, the entire NFL. But, you know, that that's. That is what it is. So. I'm not that surprised that we're 11th. I would have bet that we were in the top half of the league, closer to 10, like closer to 10 than to 16. Um, so I'm not super surprised at 11. Um, of course, I'm not surprised that we're last in the division in that respect. Uh, I agree with that. But I think it just play, I think it plays to a part of the generational fans that even though the Redskins have been bad for all of my life, all 25 years of my life, we've been really, really <laughs> bad. I think that there's a lot of generations, my father's generation and the generation before his, that um, were able to see good skins teams and iconic skins teams and Redskins players and those people moving to parts of the country and having the uh, ability to pass that fandom down to the to their sons and their kids and their daughters and have and then the same thing happening um and I think what helped is that the Redskins are one of the older teams um in the NFL um that there are very few teams that have been around. The Giants and the Eagles have been around for a long time. The Cowboys have been around for not as long as uh, the Giants and the Skins have, but they've been around for a while. I haven't. I don't know what exact. I haven't really seen the list in full, but I'm willing to bet teams like the Steelers are in the top ten. Uh, teams like the Patriots are in the top ten. Well, they haven't been around super long themselves. Uh, the Packers, of course, are in the top yeah. 10. Uh, one of the newer teams is probably top 10 is Seattle. Um, and Sydney. then, the 12th and, man. Which, yeah. So, so, do you all want to guess who is in the top 10? Yeah, I would actually try. Let me try to guess. All right. Okay. I'll, <laughs> soon, I'll, give, you, I'll give you three strikes. All right. So, three strikes. All right. So, three, 
already we already said that the other three teams in the division, so the Cowboys, Giants, and Eagles. That's three. Yeah. So you have seven. You have you have seven more teams, and you have three chance. Uh, you have three strikes. Okay. Patriots. Yes, they're in it. Steelers. They're in it. Packers. Yes, they're in it. Uh, what? Who else is there? I'm going to say Seahawks. Seahawks Uh, already hit. That's a strike. That's a strike. Oh no! Seriously? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't care. One strike. Raiders. The the Raiders. That's two strikes. What? I wouldn't guess the Raiders either. Um, I'm going to say the. Ooh. Can I can I get can I guess this is in the bottom ten? I think I got a pretty good idea of the bottom. Uh, I'm gonna go way left with my guess. The Browns. Uh, that is three strikes yeah. right there. Yeah, I I wouldn't have guessed the Browns either. The the, the Browns it's, it's, the Browns are ranked 27th. The Seahawks yeah, are ranked. That. The Seahawks are ranked 15th. Okay. What was the other? Yeah. What was the third team that you had to say? Oh, you said the Raiders. Uh, the, the Raiders. The Raiders uh, rank seventeen. So here's okay. the top ten. Oh, the Saint, top 10? Saints yeah. at Saints at number ten. Ah, uh, the Saints. Forty uh-huh. Niners at number nine. Yeah. That's Bears. Nice. That's Bears at eight. Fuck. Broncos, really? Uh, Broncos yes. at seven. <laughs> I can, yeah, the Broncos. I get that. Packers at six. Steelers at five. Giants at four. Eagles three, Patriots uh-huh. two, Cowboys uh-huh. one. Now right. with the with the Redskins, when it came to fan equity, they were ranked tenth. And when okay. it came to road equity, they were ranked eighth. The problem I, I can, for their I ranking can. was social equity, which they were ranked twenty eight out of thirty two. Yeah. Oh, yes. okay. Who's who's? Wait, can I can I guess who's last? Okay, yeah, uh, this one's a shocker to me. It, okay. Is it? Is it? The, is it? Okay, I have a couple of guesses. Um, the Rams. That is number. One, that is number thirty-two. Yeah, and they were thirty-two for fan equity, social equity, and twenty-second yep. for road. The Ram- I I knew it had to be the Rams. It had yeah. to be the Rams. Ah. That, that was an easy one. And the reason, and, I, then the, and the Chiefs. Before you go on, Darren, the I mean, Gerard, the Chiefs were 30, 31. So, really, uh, the Rams, uh, Rams, which was a former Missouri team, and the Chiefs, yep. the current uh-huh. Missouri team. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead, Gerard. I, I, a lot of that plays into, like I said before, the generational fandom because a lot of the top 10 teams in the Redskins right there in 11, a lot of those teams are the OG NFL teams, the Bears, the Packers, the Giants, the Eagles, those teams that, you know, been around since the NFL was founded pretty much, those type of teams are always going to be, you know, successful and have fans and have wealth. Even though they're, even though the of all those teams, the Skins have have had the least success in the past generation. Uh, but you, you know, a lot of Skins fans might be surprised at the road equity. Was what it was defined as. There's a lot of roads. There's a lot of Redskins fans on the road. There are yeah, a lot of them, that. and there that's probably because of, they were a really good team for decades. Yeah, they're a really good team, and for the longest time. Like in the early foundations of the NFL, the Redskins were the southernmost team. Like yep, for a long time, true. it was just teams in Boston and Chicago and New York and Philadelphia, up just up north in Cleveland. And so, the, if you were a football fan in the South, the closest team ge- geographically to you were the Redskins. The and that's Redskins. what that's what started the whole Redskins Cowboys uh, rivalry yeah. when the Cowboys came into the NFL. Yeah, and so and that and so that's why you know you'll go down. And I think the area that'll probably have the highest concentration of Redskins fans outside this immediate D.C., Maryland, Virginia, uh, Delaware area is probably going to be the Carolinas because yeah. there are a lot because there are a lot of Carolina fans of the Skins because for the longest time. 
the Redskins would broadcast their games or to the radio. It wasn't TVs back then, but they broadcast the radio broadcast of their games in the fifties and the like in the fifties and the sixties to the uh, Carolinas. And so, there's I've known people who are who are my age who grew up Panthers fans but have grandparents and parents and uncles and aunts that are legit Redskin fans. I know a friend of mine uh, that lived with that one time. He's a Panthers fan. He um, is a uh, his, he said his whole dad side of his family are all Redskin fans. I mean, he doesn't watch the NFL anymore though because of the whole Kaepernick thing. But that's another that's another uh, that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> all right well that will do it for us here at dmv dispute hope you all enjoyed the show and if you did subscribe to us wherever podcasts are available maybe even leave us a review on the pod- podcast platform of your choice so you can help us grow in the charts you can find us on twitter at dmv dispute i am j squared zero two one darren where can they find you on twitter you can find me at dbird hoops remember mystics talk and also nba free agency talk obviously you know you'll hear my thoughts on both of those and what about you jerron they can find me on twitter at roddy cages at r-o-d-d-y-k-g quick shout out to Corey coco golf who beat Venus Williams at Wimbledon yes. today. Uh, Wimbledon. Yes. Yes. Hey. She is 15 years old, the youngest person to ever qualify for the uh, Wimbledon tournament, and she beat Venus in straight sets tonight, today. And just shout out to her. Shout out to uh, the excellence, uh, the black excellence, the young excellence that she exuded today. Best of luck to her going forward. And just one quick shout out to her for those who didn't know that today. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, don't forget to check out dmvsportsnetwork.com. Follow them on Instagram and Twitter at dmv underscore sn. And if you want to join the team, contact them via Twitter, the website, or shoot them an email at dmvsportsnetwork at outlook.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Happy 4th of July. Until next time, DMV Dispute. Peace. Peace out, guys. Thanks. Thanks.